Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Today, my assignment uh, is for Isaac and uh, Jacob. And there's not much said in this chapter, but if you are familiar with the book of Genesis, you will find out there's a whole lot about Isaac and Jacob. Jacob. So I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verses uh, 20 through 21, and uh, we'll, we'll go on from there, okay? It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for uh, the future to his sons. Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. So we just have a couple of glimpses of these two uh, uh, men of faith uh, in the Bible that uh, we're well known. Last week we heard about Abraham, and certainly Abraham was the uh, father of uh, Isaac and Esau, and then Isaac was the father of uh, of Jacob. So, so some of the basic questions that we ask ourselves this morning as we, we look at Isaac and Jacob is number one, why are Isaac and Jacob in the faith chapters list of heroes? Well, let's, let's take a look at this and try to answer it just, just briefly. Well, number one, they were human. So, so it gives you and I, okay, these are human beings. They were, they were people that went through a lot of stuff like we go through. So that's helpful. Um, they had challenges, and when you look over their lives and you read the stories on Jacob and uh, Isaac, you find out they, they had many challenges. Uh, they had ups and downs, much like their father Abraham, and they both, I found this interesting, and, and this may apply to you, and then again, it may not, but they both had dysfunctional families, and, and this is very interesting. When you, when you take a look uh, at the families of uh, Isaac and, and Jacob, you find out that, yeah, man, they had dysfunctional families. And the reason that I bring that up is that I think all of us, all of us are exposed to dysfunctional families. And uh, when, you know, when we look over our family's histories and sometimes we look at things, and maybe not everybody can say that, but I know that I can, that there are, you know, look over, man, oh, man, you know, our family was less than ideal, and, and we weren't the perfect family for sure, and certainly there was uh, some dysfunction that went on. As a matter of fact, there's still some dysfunction going on today. So, so, so we, we realize that when we look at these people, it's good for us to remember that, so that when we don't put them up on this pedestal and, 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 and forget about, oh, well, that was them and this is me. No, this is really about us today. And this is about you and I uh, grabbing hold of the same, the same God and applying the same faith that these uh, men went through. Um, uh, uh, they both, uh, listen, I, I'm winking right now, so ladies, just work with me on this one a little bit, okay? I know I'm, gonna, I'm risking something here, but let me just say this, okay? You read the scripture, and, and you will find that both of these men, uh, uh, they, had, um, uh, they had issues with their wives. Now, now, just stick with me, ladies. I'm really on your side. I really am. Don't, don't, don't hang me out to dry. But, but when you look at the Bible, look at the Bible, You'll see that when it came to um, uh, Isaac, Rebecca, she schemed against her husband. And she, with Jacob, uh, they deceived 
uh, poor Isaac while he was uh, on, on, on his bed and, and deathbed, so to speak, and, and he was blind. Now, Rachel and Leah, they, they were, uh, Jacob had two wives. Any, any men want two wives? Well, take, think about it just a moment, okay? All right. Rachel and Leah were jealous of each other, and they quarreled over Jacob. That was our real picnic, I'm sure, for, for Jacob, okay? So, so there were some issues that went on. Now, both Isaac and Jacob, they had trouble with their brothers. Uh, there was sibling rivalry. Isaac, he had a brother called Ishmael, and, and there was fighting that went on. Uh, uh, there was uh, Jacob, and he had issues with Esau. And so there was, there was sibling rivalry, and maybe that makes sense to you, and maybe, maybe there's some of that's gone on in your family today, and you say, yeah, man, I, I can identify with that. Jacob, in particular, had trouble with his sons, whom, if you remember and you read the Genesis account, Genesis account about Jacob, uh, that he had sons whom were murderers. Uh, and the story is bizarre what they did, and they did it, uh, and they were mad because of what had happened uh, to their sister, uh, uh, and, uh, and they were going to seek revenge, and they did it, and it was gruesome, and it caused, uh, it caused Jacob to have a bad name. And so, I mean, it wasn't a, a cakewalk, and, and man, it wasn't a picnic what these individuals went through. And yet, they're in the heroes of faith. Then there was a time uh, when, sticking with Jacob, uh, there, there was a time that uh, uh, the sons, his sons, they, they deceived him and, and concerning the, the feigned death of Joseph. And they came to him and said, oh, and, and you know the story that what really what happened is that they had sold him into slavery because they didn't like him. They were jealous of him. So they come back and they tell their father, oh, Jacob, we're sorry, Father Jacob, but your, your son, your favorite son is, is, is dead. So there were all these kind of things that went on. So it was less than, than, than I, ideal. Nevertheless, they were in the faith chapter, in the heroes of faith chapter. So like Abraham, as you look at Isaac and you look at Jacob, uh, they, they tried to figure it out on their own as well. There were the moments that they tried to take matters into their hands and think, okay, this is the best way to see, see God uh, uh, fulfill his promises through us and so forth. But they did it the wrong way and they had to pay the prices and there were time delays and so forth. But nevertheless, God... As we heard in the song today, God was faithful. Maybe they weren't, but God was faithful to them. So that brings me to the question, or the fly on the wall, or the wondering moments. And Pastor Chad is really good at this. And really, if you really want to appreciate this sermon, you got to listen to last week's sermon where Pastor Chad was talking about Abraham. And Pastor Chad is very unique. And when he looks at a sermon, he tries to look at these strange perspectives of what might have been happening. Remember, he talks about being the fly on the wall. And, and so let's say, and so for a moment, I'm not Pastor Chad, but I'm going to try to be the fly on the wall. All right, and so I'm going to be trying to fly on the wall and just see, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of in this wondering mode and, uh, and just get you to come along with me. So, so uh, I wonder, I wonder, did Isaac ever get over the fact that he almost became a human sacrifice. I wonder if he ever forgot about that. I wonder if he ever forgot about that moment being thrown on that altar and the knife of his father up in the hand. I wonder if he ever forgot that. You talk about PTSD. Uh, I think every time he saw a hand up, man, he, oh, no, no. Okay. I, I just wonder, okay? 
And I wonder if he ever got over the grief of his two sons fighting. Because, man, I mean, Jacob and Esau, they were fighting all the time. But I just wonder. And I wonder if Jacob ever got rid of the shame and guilt for deceiving his brother Esau. Remember? He, he, he tricked him. He deceived him. I wonder. Did he ever get over that? I just wonder. And I wonder if Jacob ever had regrets over the way his sons misrepresented him in the case of their, the daughter that was so violated. And I wonder, wives, here, here, I'm trying to redeem myself, just in case you're still hung up on my first phrase, okay? All right. I, wives, here, here's one for you. And I wonder if their wives ever said to these men, Isaac and Jacob, if you had only listened to me. So, 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 so am I back in your books, ladies, please? <laughs> if, Jacob, if you'd only listen to me. Isaac, if you'd only listen to me. And I, I'm sure it's a phrase that we, we, we don't know for sure, but it probably was there. I wonder if both of these men ever said as they looked over their children and their grandchildren, I would have never raised them that way. Any grandparents in the room? Enough said. And, and I wonder if they ever said, if I had it to do all over again, I would have done it this way. Just thoughts. Just but these are human beings. And yet these men were in the faith chapter. I know for sure, in spite of my, my wondering and guessing and speculation, I know for sure that these two men, Jacob and Isaac, they both, they had a promise. This is the one thing I know. They had a promise. And the promise which had been given to Abraham and now was being passed on to the next generation. So let's, let's start getting that focus now, okay? If we can just shift in the sermon, if you can shift with me your thinking, your imagination. So what we're looking at is the scene of Isaac and Jacob. And as it's recorded in Hebrews, they're passing on something to the next generation. And what they're passing on to the next generation is a promise. Let's take a look at Genesis 15.5. And this is the promise. In Genesis 15.5, this is the promise. And, and Abraham is brought outside uh, of his tent one night, and the Lord says to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. It was a promise that God was giving to Abraham but it wasn't only given to Abraham, it was given to, it was given to Isaac, and it was given to Jacob. And what we're seeing in Hebrews chapter 11 is these two men, as, as, they're, as they're in their final days, they're, they're praying and, and, and they're blessing their children with the promise that God had given to Grandpa Abraham. And it was a moment that was filled with faith. It goes on to say over in uh, uh, Genesis, the next uh, couple of chapters, I think it's Genesis chapter 17, it says this. He says, I will make you extremely fruitful. I will make you extremely fruitful. And this is what was given to Abraham, but is given to Isaac and given to Jacob. And I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. Quite a promise. Quite a promise as Abraham only had. He didn't even have a child at this time uh, other than the one that was given to him, uh, we would call, illegitimately. And it goes on to say, and I will give the entire land 
to, of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. It was a promise that was given to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They fully understood that it was their responsibility when they were passing the baton, when they were in their sunset years, that it was their responsibility somehow to instill that into the next generation. Hey, listen, this is the promise of, that God gave to Abraham, and he's given it to us, and now we're giving it to you, and we're counting on you. We're counting on you to carry that torch. We're counting on you to keep the family legacy going. I observe this. That the promises of God require the following elements. There are certain things about the promises of God, and I know that the promises of God, and we read in the New Testament, that the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ, and that's true. But I also want you to know this morning that there's some elements that go along with the promises of God that you cannot neglect. They, they, they must be there in order for the promises of God to be a reality in anybody's life. Number one, when it comes to the promises of God, you got to have faith. you got to have faith. God had faith in, uh, Abraham had faith in God that he was going to do it. Isaac, he had faith that, that, okay, what God had promised to Abraham and now was being carried on, that God was going to do it. Jacob, the same thing. And, and, and it was a little bit easier for Jacob as he was, it was with Joseph at the time. But nevertheless, the promises of God require the following elements and faith. And there are promises today that are in God's word that are for you. But if they're only in the book and you're only aware of them in head knowledge and you're not acting upon them in faith, they're really null and void. Today there are promises of God that you need to place your foot of faith in squarely so that today they become a reality in your life. There was not only, not only is there faith, but number two, the other element is obedience. Obedience. It was very important that Abraham be obedient. It was important that Isaac would be obedient. It was important that Jacob would be obedient. And you and I, it's very important that when we are wrestling with the promises of God for, for us personally and for our family members, that we realize we must be obedient, that we must be faithful ourselves. And then the third, the third element, um, the third element of the promises of God, we talked about that there's faith, um, there's obedience, but here's the third one. The third one is their fight. That every once in a while, we need to fight for the promises of God. Every once in a while, we need to wrestle for the promises of God. Here's the thing. In Hebrews 11, we have a snapshot of Isaac and Jacob as a parent or as grandparents, and, as grandparents, and they're giving their, their final shot. And as they're talking, and as, as you listen to the words, you, you realize that there's a factor that comes into play here. And it's the beyond them factor. So, so when, when Isaac was praying for Jacob, he was looking beyond what he saw. And he was looking beyond uh, uh, not only Jacob's ch children, but he was looking to the future. When Jacob... When Jacob was, was praying over Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, it was that beyond factor. And he made it clear to Joseph, he said, listen, I'm about to die. But I want you to know that when I die and you get out of this country called Egypt, I want you to know I'm counting on you. You take my bones. 
You take my bones back to the promised land, the land that God has, has given to us. And so it was, it was that reminded, and it was almost a study, don't you forget. Don't you forget, Joseph, about what I am saying. So they not only believed in the next generation, but they were counting. They were counting on the next generation to pick up the torch and carry it on. And as they prayed for the next generation, their confidence was, and as we heard it this morning, in God's faithfulness and the hope that the next generation would be obedient to God's promise. It was the only hope that Isaac and, and, and Jacob had. You know, in the final scene of their lives, in the final scene of their lives, we see Isaac, who was blind and about to die. We see Jacob. He was weak and frail and leaning on his staff. And the only thing that both had to hang on to was the evidence of things hoped for and, and, and uh, the hope for, the evidence things hope for yet not seen. As it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 2, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2. Today, as we look at our world, we all realize that things have changed. Things, things are, are not what they, they used to be. There, there, are, there are things that, that, that have happened to come along to compromise the promises of God in our lives. Uh, there, there are things, there are, there are, there are issues out there that uh, um, have, have really come in and brought a distortion. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to show my age here. Uh, have any of you ever heard of the, uh, I guess they were called a rock group at the time, a group called the Monkees? Anybody ever hear of, the, hear of the Monkees? I mean, they used to have a TV series. Well, now don't get carried away back there about the Monkees, okay? <laughs> but... But, but the monkeys, and just, just to show you that, that what has been going on in our lives has been going on for a while. And back in 1967, the, the monkeys, uh, they, they uh, recorded uh, a song called, get this, Shades of Grey. And 1967... They released a song that said, Shades of Grey. The song says this. I just read a verse in the chorus. I remember when the answers seemed so clear. We had never lived with doubt or tasted fear. It was easy then to tell truth from lies, selling out from compromise, who to love and who to hate. The foolish from the wise. But today, I wonder what they would say today. But today there is no day or night. Today there is no dark or light. Today there is no black or white. Only shades 
of gray. Wouldn't it be neat to have Isaac and Jacob come and visit us this morning in this service? Wouldn't it, it be an eye-opener uh, for us and encouraging and stimulating? But I wonder what they would say to us when they would look at our world and they would see everything that is going on in our world, the topsy-turvy, the uncertainty, and even in the last 24 hours about mass shootings that are going on in this part of our world. What would they say to us? What would they say to you as a person that perhaps is grappling to hang on to the promises of God? Because the truth of the matter is all around you, there's a lot of gray going on, at least by our, world's, our world standard. There's a lot of things out there that are contending for the birthright of the church, the birthright of you, the birthright that belongs to your family. There are things that are going on in our world that just want to, to obliterate obliterate the, the promise that God has for you and for the next generation. I am sure that Isaac and Jacob, when they would look at me and consider our world, the first thing they would say to us as a church is, don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up on God. It may look bleak and it may look doubtful and, and there may be all kinds of things and, and, and it may be topsy-turvy and, and, and maybe uh, it is shades of gray, but don't give up. I would certain that they would pray blessing over your children. I'm saying continue to pray, continue to uh, intercede for your children. And then Jacob in particular I can, I can just see Jacob uh, uh, in particular. Uh, he, he, would, he would say uh, uh, with this, and, and you remember the last scene of Jacob's is that, that they had to really carry him in to see Joseph and, and his two children. So it's a scene of, uh, of Jacob and, and the grandchildren, Ephraim and Manasseh, and Joseph wants him to pray. And, and, and Jacob, Jacob, in his last moment, he, he has a staff. And somehow, he says, I, I've got to get up. I've got to get up. I can't, I can't be in the sit-down position. And so somehow, he musters strength, and he gets up, and he's leaning on the staff. And, and, and he's, got this, he's got this twinkle in his eye because as he's looking at Joseph, and he's looking at Ephraim and Manasseh, he's, he's seeing, yeah, yeah, I see that the next, the next generation is going, and I see that the promise of God is, 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 is going forth. And, and, and you got to remember that it was Jacob. that was, He was the one that wrestled with an angel. Jacob understood fight. And, and, and I can't say this for sure, but I got a feeling that when Jacob stood and he was leaning on the staff and he had a twinkle in his eye, as he had hope because he saw that the next generation that it was going forth. And I can just see him muster up all the strength and try to flex his muscle. And, of course, it was, it was atrophied at that point, and it was just flab and skin there hanging there. But there was something inside. There was something inside of Jacob. And that now, as he leaned upon that staff, he was saying, Joseph, Joseph, I'm going to pray the blessing, but, men, you're going to have to fight. Ephraim and Manasseh, you're going to have to fight. For what God has given to you and given to me so that the legacy will continue. Defend. And just in case you think you don't have to fight, 
let me share with you some things. And, and just hear me out. Hear me out as, as I put some things before you. Because some of you are going to suggest, I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to think I'm suggesting that you do certain things. At the end, you'll know what I'm suggesting. But there are certain things that you and I need to realize that as we look at the next generation, as we look at our sons, and we look at our daughters, and we look at our grandchildren, and we realize that unless the Spirit of God quickens in their hearts, they could be lost forever. They could be lost forever. And they're part of our legacy. They're part of the promise that God has given to us. And I believe that God has given that promise to you as parents, that God wants everyone in your house saved. I believe that God has given you salvation, and he wants that passed on. But I also believe today that it's more than just a belief. And I believe it that, that you need to be faithful, sure. But I'm telling you right now, there's some things that we need to fight for. I want you to know this morning that there is a major onslaught against the next generation of our world. The next generation of our world. And you and I need to do everything we can to defend our birthright. For ourselves and for this world. So let's go to the next slide. Okay, is that going to come up? That's all, that come, that's all that's coming up? Okay, all right, that's good. All right, okay, so uh, here's some things I want to share with you that I see as, as a, they're a non-slot against the next generation. Are you ready? And we need to fight. Need to fight, but please just hold, hold on before you conclude what I mean by fighting. The first thing, the first thing that comes to my mind who are the enemies of the birthright is abortion. Uh, there is, we have, we have two movements. We have uh, pro-choice. Uh, we have pro-life. And when I look at the, the abortion scenario, and just, just hear me out, and, and as, as we look at that, you just you see it's an area, what, what is that all about? It's trying to eliminate the next generation before they ever get here. Number two, we now live in a society, now live in a society where there is gender confusion. Our, our children are being brought up in a society where it's being suggested that they cannot determine whether they're male or female until they're in whatever grade. Uh, and as, as a result, so, so if, if, a, if the next generation is not eliminated in the womb, then we're going to try to confuse them over, over their gender in school. And then, if somehow they survive that, in our country, we, have, we now have legalized marijuana. So now what we will do is we will dope up our children legally, okay? And these are all the enemies of the birthright, of the birthright. And then there's the national debt. Our children will never see the light of day when it comes to our national debt. There's, there's the environment that they're being brought up, and you have pros and cons on it. You can argue that one as much as you can, but I see these as all the enemies of the birthright. And finally, and this is where we'll, we'll talk more about this in the fall, normal has become abnormal. And abnormal has become normal. And so what we used to think was right and, and what we thought was normal, now it has become abnormal 
normal. So what you don't see as we look at Jacob and, and, and as we look at Isaac, what we understand from this, what you don't see is more important than what you see. And that's what the promises of God are all about. What promise of God this morning, this is where, where I want to bring us to some kind of conclusion this morning, is that what promise of God do you need to hold on to even though it seems to be dying? What steps of obedience do you need to take? What do you need to fight for? Who do you need to fight for? How do we fight for our children? How do we fight for our grandchildren? How do we fight for our great-grandchildren? I'll tell you how we fight for them. We fight for them on our knees. We fight for them as we wrestle for them in prayer. It's not a placard. I'm not suggesting a placard. I'm not suggesting a protest. But I'm saying this, folks. We need to contend for the birthright of our children on our knees. I want you to know that uh, 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 I was just down visiting my mom. And she's uh, 88, about to be 89. She's a godly woman. And she has made it quite clear to us as her children. She says, I want you to know. That when I brought you into this world, I didn't bring you into this world so you could serve your own selfish desires. I brought you into this world so that you would serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that any time that my mom has saw any of us as her children wandering, she'd be down on her knees. And she'd be praying and she'd be contending for the birthright. For the birthright of her children. And as she got older, and her children had children, so these would be her grandchildren. And as she would see her grandchildren, and she would see, and, and there, there are a number of grandchildren that are just kind of wandering these days, and, and they're, they're not sure where they're at. And, and my, grand, my mother, their grandmother, is, she's down on their knees, and she's contending for them. She's wrestling with them. It's the spirit of Jacob. I'm not going to let go, God. I'm not going to let go until somehow that you reach my grandchildren. Grandchildren. Yeah, I didn't bring them into this world. I didn't bring them in this world so that they'd be confused. I brought them in this world so that they would know Jesus Christ and that they would be a light in the darkness, that they would be the salt of the earth, that they would bring hope to nations that so desperately need it. I want you to know that on Friday mornings uh, that we have a time where we are, uh, uh, as men, uh, men's prayer, we are praying. We are praying for our children. And, and, and many, many in our circle as we come and we pray for our children, there, there are many that are concerned about their grandchildren and, and their great-grandchildren. And there, there are tears that, that, that are shed on Friday mornings because we're praying and we're contending for the birthright. We're contending for the next generation. And that is the call of the church is to contend. Contend for the promise of God that has been given to us that is yes and that it is amen. So it is on our knees and it's in the Friday morning prayer. So today with heads bowed and asking for the worship team to come forward. I got to ask the question this morning. Who do you need to contend for today? Who do you need to contend for? What child? What grandchild? What do you need to contend for today? Because Isaac and Jacob would say, we got to contend. we got to fight. That's why they're in Hebrews chapter 11. 
And today, I'm asking for the prayer team to come forward. And prayer team, as you come forward and take your place, come quickly. As, as we come forward, we have a few minutes left here. I want to turn this service into an, a place of agreement. I, I want to turn this service into a place where, where we can be in, in agreement. Spread yourselves out. Spread yourselves out way on all sides so that people can have an opportunity. And I, I don't want anybody looking around. And, and, and please, uh, if anything happens today, I, and I'm really encouraging people to come and, and just take the hand of one of these prayer team members and, and just let them be in agreement. All you have to say to them, you, you can say a name if you want to, and, and, and if it's not, if you just want to say, say a, a child or, or a relative, it doesn't matter. But today I want to give people the opportunity throughout this place, not only to believe, but to be obedient and fight. So who is it? Who is it that you need to fight for this morning? Okay, come. Come with that name. Come with that child today. And let's fight for the next generation. Let's fight. Let's contend with this morning. All over this congregation. Come. Come to this place. This is, this is not a time where, where we can just be hesitant. This is a time that we need to contend and fight for the next generation. So I'm asking you to come. Come from the center sections. To come from the sides and just come up here and stand. Take the hand of the prayer team. Prayer team member, just be in agreement with them. Be in agreement with this today for the child, for the salvation of their child. Some of the children, they know. Some of the grandchildren know, but they're wandering. That This is the day. Bring them back. Bring them back. Pray a prayer, prayer. Bring them back. Bring them back. So today, let's contend. Let's contend. And, and, it, and if you're in that situation, say, well, it's, I don't have any of my family, but I know my, my other family member over here on this side. Well, you come. You come today. We need to contend. We need to contend for those where the birthright is being threatened because it is. It's a reality. It's a reality throughout our world. So, so the worship team, they're going to sing, and then we're going to have a, a closing prayer. But today, I want to contend with you today. I want to contend. I want to fight with you today. And the best way I know for us to fight is in the prayer. And, and, and as we today, as we as it were, we're leaning on our staff. So people come, come, can, can, let's contend today. And let's contend, let's believe that today as we contended, that there will come a report. There will come a phone call. There will come a text message. There will come some a signal that says, hey, the child's coming back. The child's coming back. There's been, there's been a breakthrough. And, 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 uh, uh, and they're back on the right pathway. And, and so, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our church today. Because, Lord, we're, we're a congregation that believes in the next generation. That's why we have youth pastors. That's why we have children's pastors. That's why we have programs that are geared for children. That's why we run camps. It's because we believe in the next generation. That's why we have youth. And that's why we have retreats. And that's why we have conventions. Because that's why we believe. And that's why, Lord, we wrestle today. We wrestle for them. And, Lord, we, we believe that, Lord, that the next generation that you have something. We believe that the next generation what you have promised for the next generation is this that you will pour out your spirit upon your sons and your daughters 
Lord, you, you, your plan for the next generation is that you would raise up a generation that would declare the praises of God throughout this nation and that many would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. That you would use this generation, Lord, to be a blessing to the nations of the world. So, Lord, that is what you have intended. So, Spirit, pour out. Pour out upon the next generation. Pour upon them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Father, as we're in the midst of prayer right now, I want to pray for this uh, 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 this girl by the name of, of Lauren, uh, who has suddenly discovered that she has a brain a brain tumor, and she has been airlifted to Sick Kids Toronto this morning for emergency surgery. So, Lord, uh, we we join in praying for Allie, uh, Allie's friend, uh, Lauren, and Father. Thank you today. Thank you, Lord, uh, for uh, uh, intervention. Lord, we thank you for doctors. We thank you, Lord, that there's such a thing as as emergency surgery and so forth but we're praying right now we're praying right now for the surgeons that you will guide their hands and that father that that this surgery will will go well and that lord that this child's life will be spared and that lord not only spared but that will have a normal life a healthy life a vibrant life and that lord will be uh, uh used uh, mightily for you so raise this child up raise this child up for the glory of god for the glory of god in jesus name in jesus mighty name Jesus mighty name thank you Lord thank you Lord Lord we give you praise and we give you glory and in your mighty name mighty name pastor pastor Carl can we sing that song about there's no wall that he won't kick down and and that's gonna be our final song this morning before we just let everybody go okay? thanks for checking out this week's message Bethel Church Podcast that's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.